What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Top of the List with your hosts, myself, RB, and Dom. Say what's up, Dom. What's up, everybody? Well, we are back, and as promised from last week, we are here to review what was one of the most widely anticipated MCU film releases, Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Sam Raimi's uh, adventure back into the superhero film genre, and uh, this movie had a lot going on, uh, for, for lack of a better term. Um, I'm still gathering my thoughts, and I saw it about a week ago. Dom, you want to kick us off talking a little bit about your thoughts about Multiverse? Yeah, so for a little background, for viewers that haven't seen any uh, previous Sam Raimi films, he did the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. He also did the Evil Dead films. That was his first foray, um, as well as we I mentioned before, uh, the, I think he did like a Wizard of Oz style film um, that I thought was pretty good as well. So he's been off of a directing job for nine years. This is his big return. Um, you know, from his back, background in Evil Dead and from, uh, you know, the second that they announced in the Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, they had said this would be the first MCU horror film. And I think they actually pulled it off. This was as close as you can get to a PG-13 horror film that's a big blockbuster made for a younger audience and with a younger audience knowing that they're going to watch it. Right. Cause I mean, Marvel obviously knows that, you know, your teenagers, your middle schoolers are going to go and see this film. Even late elementary schoolers are going to go see this film. So they pushed it to the absolute boundary in my opinion of PG 13 in this film. And um, this is not one of my favorite MCU films, but I still think it's a great addition. It's, Better than Eternals, for sure, which I did not like. And it's better than Captain Marvel and, uh, you know, Thor The Dark World, which are two of my lesser favorite ones. And um, I still think it's great. And I'm going to explain why I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, But I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. But I want to hear your score as well, RB. Yeah, you know, I I was really looking forward to discussing this this one with you, Dom, uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm very, very much on the fence here. I thought... Coming out of the theater, I was going to give this one an 8 out of 10. There was so much built up and created in this film that opens up so many more opportunities within the MCU, which I was excited about. But as I've had more time to think about it, I've struggled with some of the concepts that were brought forward. So I'm going back and forth between a 7.5 and and an 8. Did I enjoy this movie? Was I locked in through the entire film? Yes, absolutely. So I can't give it much below a seven and a half out of 10, but there were just a lot of topics that were covered in it that they just, I feel like they hit on so quickly and then erased so quickly that I was like, what is relevant? What isn't that kind of stuck with me. Um, But yes, to your point, it was 100%. I think they established a new genre of superhero horror. That's definitely what this was more so than I think the closest we got prior to this was probably some of the sequences in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, yeah. The sequences with uh, Mysterio and, you know, with the visuals, there were some, some jump scares there for sure. This was sort of that, this whole movie done in the styles of those sequences. Um so, you know, it was definitely different and I'm all for it because I feel like sometimes in superhero movies, we get into the same rut. That was definitely not this, similar to how we felt about Moon Knight, plugged for last week's review. 
Yep. Um, for those of you who haven't watched it yet, you know, go ahead and watch Moon Knight and give a watch to our review. But uh, like I said, how they established it, I'm still very much on the fence. So I want to hear what you have, what your thoughts are on why you gave this an eight. Yeah. So before we get into spoilers, because part of the reason why I give this one an eight, um, or let me rephrase that. The non-spoiler version of why I gave this an eight out of 10 and not a seven and a half, because walking out of the theater, I was like you, RB. I thought, I thought, okay, that was a good movie, maybe a little bit better than good. And um, then I thought about it more. And, you know, we gave this one a lot of time to marinate. We wanted to give people a chance to watch it. So I did read some discourse on it. And the reason why I think this is a great movie and I, the reason why I bumped it up to an eight is because this is going to be the gateway for so many young horror film fans. This is a okay. big, big movie. I, I, that's why I say this isn't my favorite MCU movie, but this is one of my favorite movies that comes out this year. Even though it's not a high score, this is still going to be one of my favorite movies because what it does for the industry as a whole. A lot of young guys and girls are going to go into this movie not having ever seen anything close to a horror movie. And they're going to see this and they're going to, you know, if they like it, they're going to say, wow. I need to see more like this. They're going to go watch The Evil Dead. They're going to go watch Cabin in the Woods, one of our favorite horror films. They're going to go watch more, you know, um, all kinds of other horror films. We've talked ad nauseum. Um, so that's why I give this one an eight for the, the leaps and bounds it makes as a movie itself. All right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I absolutely see what you're saying there, Dom. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm not a horror fan like you, but I, I like this film. And yes, because probably... Despite being a PG-13 film, the horror in this film was PG-esque. You know, it was good for family, good jump scares, some great visuals, but nothing too, you know, nightmare worthy, so to speak. Uh, but, I mean, beyond that, yeah, I, like I said, uh, I don't know I can speak much more on why I'm bouncing back and forth until we get into spoilers. So are we ready to talk a little bit about spoilers? Got to. We got to, man. All right. So let's, I mean, let's just jump right in. I, I mean... This film is a film about two of our already established, really, MCU characters. And it's Dr. not Strange, at yeah. all like the marketing suggested. And, and that was my big twist. Correct, I had, correct. so, you know, we're in the spoilers now. So I had an inclination that, you know, Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff was going to be the main villain of this film. But I didn't, wasn't 100% sure that she actually was. She's the main right. villain of this film. And yeah. um, one other thing I didn't know is that, you know, if you, we're uh, watching or reading the synopsis. It's they, they mislead you a lot. They say that the entire multiverse of madness is because a spell goes wrong that Dr. Strange performs. That doesn't happen in this movie. That's not at all in this. And, you know, they misled us a little bit and I'm, I'm, I'm a little on the fence on that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I did not have any inkling that Scarlet Witch was going to be our big bad. I thought it was going to, going to be, you know, especially with, uh, WandaVision sort of leading up to this that it was going to be like Doctor Strange and Wanda teaming up or Scarlet Witch teaming up Me against too. Agatha or something, you know, who's Me, causing yeah. all of this mayhem. Exactly. Because that's sort of what her role was. Um, instead, we got Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Scarlet Witch, as our big bad. And I thought she was excellent. This was my favorite of her performances. But, you know, WandaVision aside, she was fantastic in WandaVision, but in the actual mainline MCU films, this was her best performance as of this thus far. And um, there's a lot of debate on this. I want to get your opinion because for me, it doesn't bother me that much because I think it is explained in the movie. But a lot of people are saying that this movie just completely forgets her character arc in WandaVision because by the end of WandaVision, you know, if you've seen WandaVision, you know that 
by the end of that, she kind of gets over her grief, right? And she accepts it and she writes her wrongs in Westview and she moves away. But I think they do a good job of explaining that the Darkhold it, which is this evil book that she's been reading, you know, as since the after credit scene in Wanda, WandaVision, that kind of corrupted her mind and made her into the villain in this film. So, but a lot of people are arguing that this kind of undid what was done in WandaVision. What do you think? I agree with both of those statements. Yeah. I, I think it, it outdid a lot of character development. I do agree though, that that is established with the Darkhold when we meet Dr. Strange later on in the film, who guards the Darkhold in that voidy multiverse. Um, yeah. That that's what you know there is something to pay with all that darkness you can't just get it debt free there's a debt to be paid so that i understand completely but my my couple of my first question is how did she do did we ever establish how she was able to get hold of the dark hole she stole it from agatha harkness because agatha harkness had it in wandavision yeah got it okay that i missed and my second question was we have this theory i think the other thing even before the dark hole that pushes wanda maximov into becoming our villain, the Scarlet Witch, is this theory that your dreams are part of the multiverse. And she's seeing her her kids in her dreams. Therefore, in another universe, they have to be real. They're not fake like they were, you know, made up in uh, Westview. Exactly. Who, who came up with this theory? This is just a theory that's thrown at us very early on in the film. And my question was, where, was this established? Maybe this was a comic book thing that I missed. Was it established in any of the other MCU films or is it just we're going to come up with this? This is what the multiverse is. I think it was that, that's one of the flaws in this movie. I think I think a lot of this film's script they came up with after the fact, you know, like they had they kind of they let WandaVision go on and take its own road. And then they realized, OK, well, a lot of what happened in WandaVision, we have to write around in this film. And I think that was one of the things that they had to write around and. And because um, after watching WandaVision, you and I were theorizing that, OK, well, maybe when she's, you know, at the in the after credit scene in WandaVision, maybe she's uh, trying to find her family somehow and they're lost, like the version of her kids that were disappeared in Westview. Maybe they weren't dead. They're actually lost. But they kind of explained that away a little bit. But yeah. So um, let's let's talk about the multiverse. Um, and of course, Doctor Strange's journey and America Chavez's journey which I thought was a great character. I thought she added a lot to this movie. Um, very innocent, you know, child character to kind of bring in Dr. Strange down to earth. I thought it was great. Kind of his Peter Parker, if you will. Absolutely. A, a great addition to the MCU if, if she stays there. I have some flaws with her character arc at the very end, as I'm sure many people do, but we'll get back to that later. Go ahead and continue with that point. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about, um, you know, everything that's going on. We get a lot of versions of Dr. Strange. And then, of course, uh, she's uh, Scarlet Witch is being a badass in this movie and she's pursuing them all the way. She kills, almost kills everyone in Carmitage, which yeah. is pretty awesome. I, I liked how violent this movie was side note oh, yes. there. Um, but then of course we get a jump to universe. I think it's eight, three, eight is what they call it or something like that. Then they, they, and the main Marvel cinematic universe is six, one, six. I remember that for sure, but I think the universe they jump to where, you know, red is green and green is red is the joke they make. Right. Yes. The pizza and, balls. The pizza balls. And, um, you know, we get another great uh, cameo from Bruce Campbell, who's always in every Sam Raimi film. He's the pizza ball guy. Mm -hmm. And um, but, you know, a lot happens here and we get to see the Illuminati. We get to see uh, Black Bolt. We get to see Captain Carter, um, which was pretty awesome from for what if fans. We get to see uh, a different version of Captain Marvel than we've seen before. Uh, we get to see Charles Xavier and a 
big twist for me, which I was clapping in the theater when I saw this. We get to see Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. That was awesome. Played by John yeah. Krasinski. Played by John Krasinski. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this was a, these were great sequences exposition wise. The yeah. the trial, so to speak, of 616 Doctor Strange. That said, it puzzled me. This me too. Were, were all of these people in the Illuminati, were they from different universes or were these all those characters from this universe? Because in that, mm. Captain Carter had an age. That's what threw me. Captain Carter, if this was in the same time, just a different universe, Captain Carter would have been, you know, much older. And maybe she fell into the ice instead of, instead of I Captain. Think, I think that's yeah, probably what happened. Okay. Okay. And um, I'm glad I went and saw this with my buddy Hunter and he, the way he understood it. And I think the way that I found online that everybody else is understanding it is the Illuminati are the version of the Avengers in that universe. Right. Yes. So they're okay. from that universe. They're not from multiple different universes. They're okay. from this. And Charles Xavier isn't from the X-Men movies we've seen before. He's that universe's Charles Xavier. And that was established somewhat in the sequence when we see Thanos fallen before we see Black Bolt killing 838, I think, Doctor yeah, Strange. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I was ecstatic to see Reed Richards as Doctor or as John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Yeah. But I couldn't help but feel a little disappointed that all of the Illuminati die brutally to Scarlet yes. Witch in this movie. And I was one of my major flaws for this film is. I mean, this is, I don't know. I think that that opened up a lot of gateways for those character arcs and in that multiverse. And then we just outdid them. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's gone. What this, this was just kind of thrown at us. Okay, the Illuminati's gone, but, you know, who's going to go and find Reed Richards in another multiverse where he's part of the Fantastic Four? Who's going to go find, find Charles Xavier where he's part of the X-Men? But it didn't, it built a lot of groundwork that I thought was going to build on the multiverses maybe colliding. And that's how we were going to get mutants and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And then it outdid all of, undid all of it. That yeah. really frustrated me. Despite yeah. it being an incredible scene where Wanda is going and just oh taking my God. all of them out. Yeah. It might be one of the best scenes in MCU history, actually. Yeah. And I mean, from Reed Richards getting shredded up to yeah. Black Bolt's mouth being removed and then his head imploding. That was insane. And yeah. then Captain Carter getting cut in half. That was crazy, With too. Shield, yeah. And then even into the internal scene where her she uh, Charles Xavier goes into her mind. That was terrifying. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So great sequence. And, you know, Sam Raimi pulled it off the, the horror aspect. And even when they're after all that, that big uh, scene and they're trying to escape Scarlet Witch and escape that universe, uh, you know, Dr. Strange, America Chavez. And um, what is it? What's his girlfriend's name in this movie? Yeah, I, 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 I always forget, but yeah, uh, it's with the wedding. I'll look it up. Keep going. Yeah, so they're trying to escape, and I thought there was some great jump scares. I jumped a little bit when they're being pursued in this, like, underground sewer, and, um, you know, Scarlet Witch is pursuing them. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The sewer the sewer sequence and into them getting the the opposite of the dark hole, the, the light book, I, you know, yeah. when they open up the door, you know, because he stored it there. I yep. mean, incredible visuals, for sure. And that plays back to the opening sequence as well, which, I mean, this one threw us right off the deep end to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christine Palmer. By the way. Christine Palmer. Yeah. That's right. Played That's Dr. Rachel Strange's yep, yeah. love interest love, in this one. Love interest. Yeah. And um, that, you're right. Like even in the opening scene, I knew this was going to be, a, a you know, they were pushing the boundaries when they fight that kind of like octopus kind of creature and the eyeball gets pulled out. I thought that was pretty yep. awesome, yep. too. Yep. So um, and then 
we get another great sequence. Like you said, we get into this kind of void dimension and we see dark Dr. Strange, uh, for lack of a better term. And mm -hmm. he uh, has a third eye, which I thought yeah. was pretty creepy. And, <laughs> you know, he's evil and they have this great battle with music. I thought the that was really battle, interesting. Yeah. That was very cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, very, very neat sequence. Very well done, both audi audially. I think that's the right word. Yeah. And visually. Yeah. Um, so, or audibly and visually, I think would be correct. But yeah, excellently done. Great cinematography. I, I think you've you've talked about this a lot. It's something I haven't caught on with much, but you, you talk about single shot action sequences. I don't think there were many cuts in between that sequence. Uh, so I thought it was masterfully done for sure. The back and forth with the notes hitting each hitting them was very neat. Yeah, so I think the main thing here is that we could praise Sam Raimi's directing in this film, but I do feel like a little bit, you know, I think the writing brought this one down. I feel like they yes. rewrote a lot in this one. You can kind of feel that they rewrote it a lot and they had to add stuff in after WandaVision. They had to add stuff in after Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then, of course, we get one of my favorite scenes where we get zombie Doctor Strange yeah. Bring having a freaking cape of the damned and flying and fighting Scarlet Witch. I thought this whole sequence was really awesome to end the movie. Really cool sequence at the end. Um, from what I've been reading, that was something that Sam Raimi said needed to be in the film. That was something oh, yeah. that he added. Obviously, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, Zombies, you know, that, that's sort of his MO. Um, but really, really well done. Um, the whole scene, the battling with the... Uh, the damned souls, their souls of the damned, to, and then eventually conquering them and mastering them. I thought that was really well done. Here, though, is where I get my biggest flaw with America's character. Um, is It's not really explained how she's able to all of a sudden control her universe jumps. That really upset me. It was, okay, I guess she had confidence in her power, but... It was, it was her fear. That's what she said, right? was what right. caused her to open the portals Correct. when she yes. got afraid. And I yes. think it was by the end of the film, she had been terrified so much by this multiverse of madness, by Scarlet Witch and all the things that she encountered with Doctor Strange that she learned to control her fears and thus control her powers. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I can I can buy. I don't know. I thought she was a great character. Me Bravo too. to the actress who has a name that starts with an X and I'm not even going to try to pronounce yeah. it. But, yeah. <laughs> um, she, I wanted more. I Me wanted too. more of her backstory. I wanted more of her. Um, you know, there was a lot that they had to cover in this movie. Obviously there was a lot of big scenes that they did for the MCU yeah. fans, you know, yeah. tying in Reed Richards and Charles Xavier, even if they're not the ones that we know yet, you know, tying those characters in, but, um, I wanted more of her character for sure, but let's talk about how she defeats Scarlet Witch. I thought this was a masterfully done scene. Yeah. Really great. Um, I, I think that my uh remind me what what happens here at the end because so i mean we first see her trying to throw her into a universe that looks like some sort of lava pit almost right hell-esque you know sending her back to hell and that doesn't work she's able to overpower her, so instead she throws her into a multiverse where billy and tommy are there with wanda yes and throws her in and she out throws wanda and the kids are cowering in fear away from her a great emotional sequence. Yes. Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Scarlet Witch, she pulled it off great there. I thought it was a great thing. Um, then, of course, Scarlet Witch dies here in the end. Yeah. And do you think that she's actually dead or will we see more of Scarlet Witch? That is my biggest flaw. 
maybe with this film, maybe with the whole MCU now, is I feel like as much as I liked the execution of the multiverse, everything's on the table, right? Anything's now. possible. And that is, I don't know if I like that or I don't like that. I liked having somewhat of an ability to, to guess and maneuver when we just had one timeline. Now that we have so many, though, we can't really do that. We don't know what direction they're going to go. They may not even know what direction they're going to go. Exactly, yeah. And that, and that frustrates me. As much as I'm excited for the future now, it frustrates me. Yeah, I, I, I'm fully on board with you. That's why I knocked this one down a couple points here. Yeah. And that, and I think another big thing, too, is like we said in Moon Knight, we're not getting these big puzzle pieces. This film we thought was going to be our lead in into, like you said, the X-Men coming into the MCU, the Fantastic Four coming into the MCU. But this, for lack of a better term, was a standalone adventure that introduced us to a, a new character in America Chavez. And that's about it. By the end of the yeah. film, we're, we're not really getting much more of this multiverse. You know, it's, we know it exists and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's exactly what um, what leaves fans of these films, you know, sort of walking away, scratching their heads and maybe a little bit more frustrated like you or I after having some more time to let it stew. Uh, but overall, once again, this film, you know, yes, it has its knots. Is this the best MCU film? No. Is this even the best multiverse film? No, we've discussed, you know, another plug, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. And if you like the idea of the multiverse, you haven't watched that one. Definitely go check that one out and check out our review on it. Um, but this film did what it needed to do. Yeah. It took the MCU and took maybe some ideas that are getting old and getting tired and reused, you know, as great as No Way Home was. How many times have we seen Spider-Man swinging around and kicking the butt of these villains? We literally recycled our favorite villains. This was something that didn't do that. This was something completely different. And I tip their caps to Sam yeah. Raimi and you know the rest of the MCU team and the team, the creative team that went into this film as well. Despite its flaws, which there were a few, I still think I'm going to stick with a seven and a half out of ten for this for my uh, after we uh, for my score after we discuss this further. Definitely a flawed film from a story perspective, from a couple characters' perspectives, but from a style perspective, like you said, from a uniqueness perspective was a great film from, you know, due to the directing, the directing held this movie high above what it could have been if a lesser director had the opportunity to, you know, make this movie. So I think Sam Raimi can be applauded for his efforts on this film. Um, I think that's about it. You know, eight for me, seven and a half for RB. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you here, RB, right at the end of the episode is, did you ever get around to watching those Evil Dead films? I have not yet. No, uh, I'm definitely on my list, especially after this and your comparisons to, of course, Cabin in the Woods. And I, I think the inspiration for favorite. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking maybe, you know, sometime in the future, we'll do an Evil Dead trilogy watch and review sounds on top to of the me. list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, then. So if you guys want to find us, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Type in top of the list with RB and Dom. You'll find us there. Give us a five star review. Leave a comment. You know, Give us some good praise. We need it. <laughs> but um, is there anything else I'm forgetting, RB? No, thanks for listening to another episode of Top of the List, everybody. And we uh, hope we'll have your patronage next week, the, the patronage of your ears. All right. Till then, next time. <laughs>